maybe there's some something you would like to add or a question, a comment, something you struggle with. Yes. It's like you're hitting a wall when you explain what your appearance is. What did you say? What's a reflection of the inner light or something from that? Kind of tilt into extreme of like solipsism, like my mind is the only mind. And I don't understand how Stefan, that I see here now, could be different from Stefan in a dream tonight. Mm. Am I talking to you or to myself? Both, yeah. And the challenge here is that you try to uh, answer, or you're looking for a philosophical answer. You try to figure it out. You try to f put it into a system. And that's what uh, then now Rajingme Lingpa will do. He will, you know, by going through these uh, nine paradigms or yanas or stages. So in this coming section of the text, it is uh, about ex exactly that, to let go of what you're trying to do now, to mock it, to make jokes about it, to, uh, and to show us the impossible, that, it is, that this attempt to solve, solve this question in the way you now try to solve it, that that is impossible. There is an answer to that question, but you only can become the answer. And, and how do you become the answer is to to follow, to do what is being suggested, like self-inquiry uh, and so on. In the podcast, mm. the link with uh, Ken, yeah, he gave the instruction that this the poem and the descriptions is about, I think he called it epistemology mm. or like phenomenology, and it's not what like Western science is trying to talk about, like what mm. is real. Mm. This is about experiences, mm. how stuff appears. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So one possible answer or response to your question would be who is asking the question? And uh, then with a discovery or uh, a shift into what or who is asking the question, the, the answer might not be on a, on a philosophical level, so you still might not be able to answer that question philosophically, 
but uh, it becomes insignificant or the question disappears. Because in that experience, the appearance of Stefan in your mind is neither something else than you, nor it is you. And the dualistic mind insists on, that's not possible. Either it is me, or it is not me. And the third possibility can't be thought about. One can also only be that. I'm sure this will come up, uh, this topic of solid, how is it, solid, Solipsism. Solipsism. I think it it will come up in in, in the commentary somewhere. Yes? I kind of lost it a little bit. Sometimes it's like a. Mm. Yeah. That's good good to stay there. Mm. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Yeah. 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 Something I don't yeah. It's something with when when I go in, in meditation for example, if you feel that kind of deep peace or so mm. I can quite easily go there mm. but I I'm a little bit afraid of that that also is a kind of defense mechanism or mm. thought or mm. something like that yeah. on a very, 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 very deep level. Right. So I don't even am aware that it is that. And I don't know if it's like yeah. it or if it's like a deep, deep. Mm. Because sometimes when there are turbulent feelings and you are overwhelmed, and when mm. I sit with it, it's gone. Mm. It's like, mm. yeah, it's peace. It's, mm-hmm. it's not so overwhelming. I can handle that. Maybe mm-hmm. it could be a different mechanism. I don't yeah. know. That's yeah. How can I mm-hmm. know what? I think, I mean, I would, I think it's good to go towards that peace and keep that maybe that's not yet it maybe there's a bit of still an escape in it or keep that a little but but not heavy that that question like because because Uh, you know that, que- that if that question is really like heavy, and you keep it as like, you know, then um, then you oh, then you cut yourself from that resource 
of touching that piece yeah, because it becomes part of a doubt that it become yeah why it's good to keep it a little is uh, it keeps you searching a little like it keeps you is there it keeps you still curious it keeps you alive it keeps you uh, asking the question the inquiry question again so you experience peace and then the inquiry question what is the way of that peace so you you keep so you don't you don't get stuck in that piece uh, uh, if that question would completely disappear you might think oh that's it I can always access peace that's it that's the end I'm awakened so it's good to have that that little but it should be light if it is some kind of defense mechanism can you take it away because I I think there could mm. be more underneath that needs yes. to Yes, and here I would just trust the process. So if there is something still not experienced in you, like a hidden trauma which has not emerged into consciousness, in this, in this practice of just being present with what is. You create a space that at one point that which is not felt yet will emerge. It's not going away. It it, it will you no know, there's a innate healing capacity or healing longing within us, a wisdom also when is the right moment in one's life? And it often doesn't feel like the right moment. It often feels, wow, this is too much. Yeah. Um, but there is an intelligence somehow, and I trust that, that things emerge from the subconscious in the moment when it's the right moment. And we don't need to be afraid that we miss something. Like, yeah. Uh, what life conditions will assemble in that way that that point, like, you know, just the, just the right hurt will happen in your life so that you can see that which you might have covered uh, by that peace which might still be a conditioned peace, which might still be an experience which can come and go. Does that satisfy you? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. It's the same, you know, I mean, I've mentioned this topic of spiritual bypassing, yeah? And maybe you have read a little bit about it, and and, and it is important, yeah. So to 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 have some knowledge about it, but to to keep that that kind of knowledge lightly, 
Yeah. So there is, yeah, there is something like spiritual bypassing, and you have a bit of awareness and a bit of curiosity where this is happening in your life, but you don't take it so serious that there is constant this voice, you know. Yeah, that's. No, it's probably I'm just escaping or something like that, and and then you uh, you take away the the beauty and the healing capacity of that kind of peace, even if it is still a, a bit a, a bit of a confused peace, a bit of a too much I peace, yeah. Yes. Quite often I <clears throat> I get into involuntary um, meditative state. Which I believe that's a meditative state. Mm. And the moment I realize that I am going in there and I try to follow the practice that which I I'm made aware since quite early age. That let go the thoughts coming in. And but that happened after a while, what happened is that it seems like my thoughts are in a in a cuticle and a ball, you know, the game arcanoid mm. mm. is spinning around. And then two things, two a dialogue between two happened, you and me. And I know that both you and me are me because I switch places sometimes. Mm. Mm. And then I keep following that. Mm. And uh, is it only me? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I think that mm. is it only my mind which works like this? And how about others? Is hmm. this something one should be like? I think that's a very common experience you describe. And uh, from, 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 from the view which we're exploring here, all of that what you describe belongs into the appearances. So the I who is aware of that or the dialogue between the two eyes, all that is part of the conditioned of the conditioned mind. Uh, and an experience like this, um, I was reminded of um, the spiritual teacher Eckhart Tolle when you said what you said. Have you read his book? No. It's this book, The Power of Now. And in the beginning, he describes this moment where he, what he calls awakening. And it was a moment where he was in a deep depression. And suddenly, the thought occurred to him, I can't live with this. I can't live with myself. And then suddenly he saw the two. I can't live with myself. And, and that was the moment where somehow 
that which was aware of this I can't live with myself kind of revealed itself. Suddenly he saw, I'm neither this nor that. I'm that which can describe this. Does that make sense, what I just said? Yeah. 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 Mm. Exactly. Yes. Probably 20 years ago, that I tried to do all of each of them separately. Mm. And, <laughs> yeah. And I found out that I, I wrote the same incident two separate times, and they were completely different angles. Mm. That's what was I taking in one of that. Mm. But both of them seem to become mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So, again, the question here would be then, what is, what is the mirroring capacity within which this drama takes place? And you know, some people would, and, you know, I'm also using that as a method, some people would become aware of, like, the different selves in them. Yeah? Different selves, which actually, when you inhabit the self, really color covers the world. You perceive the world differently. You describe the world differently. Like, if you are in, the, in your five-year-old self, you experience the world differently and other people differently than if you are in your professional self. And that kind of um, uh, discovery can help us to, uh, to start to see that the sense of a solid me, which is always the same, the me who experience this moment, that that is an illusion. Because you can see the different selves. And, and with that discovery, maybe quite, as in Eckhart Tolle case, quite naturally arises the question, hey, who am I really? The answer is, whichever I choose to be. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows which one is original. <laughs> yes. But what is that which could choose? Yeah, exactly. That's that's a good response to that question. I don't know. There's nothing there. There's there's nothing there. And in this text, we are invited to become curious about that nothing. The different selves, they come and go. But you remain. You, capital letter U.
and which which one of the selves I am is the one I choose or the one I um, I'm kind of out of habit most identified with. You know? Maybe we have periods in our life where where we are more identified with the five-year-old self, which is a very difficult place to live, particularly if you're 40 years old. Uh, but that will also pass. Yeah. So what we are here asking is what is the I am, which is prior, which is before, the different kinds of selves we can observe. Kind of the question, where do the different self, the different me in my in my chest, you know, people like say, yeah, there's like different different selves in my chest. But what's the source of these different selves? From what do, from where do they emerge? How do I know? Yeah, how, why, why do we assume that? Every experience I've had is in this life. Maybe mm. I would remember a past life. It's taking place here mm. in a person with a body and a brain. Yeah. The first, for many people, the first uh, kind of uh, knowing of that happens through listening to teaching and hearing it. Hearing it in not only in the Tibetan tradition, but hearing it in all traditions. So that's like, so then there's a, a kind of, and then if you have some resonance with that, you know, something responds to that, like you don't, it's not that you don't have a taste of it. You don't. You don't know what they are talking about. But something lights up in you, like. And for me, this this kind of light light something light is lighting up in me happened when I was fifteen. And and that that kind of maybe they are right or yeah yeah so. That made me like kind of going for it, like one hundred percent out of some reasons. Yeah. So, but then, uh, then if you kind of start the path, you are through different, let's say, self inquiry you brush against that nothing yourself. And when you brush against that that nothing, that experience is self-confirming and self-validating. So that's why sometimes it happens when one becomes a bit too passionate about it and want to convince other people. Yeah? 
because it's self-validating, self-confirming. You, you don't... How do I know? I just know. <laughs> Period. Yeah? recognize the experiences you're talking about, but yeah. I'm not sure it's not just a mirror in the mirror. Again, a, a similar answer to what I said to her. It's good to have a bit of a doubt. Like, because there's no, it's very likely that, including myself, I know, I mean, including myself, uh, there is Room for growth, yeah. Room for deepening. So, and that little, how do I know, is in me. How do I know? But it's not very strong. It is there, and it keeps me. It keeps me engaged. It keeps me a bit questioning. It keeps me open for the possibility that. That I, that I, that that what I think it is, it is not. I mean, like, I, I mean, I, I would never say, at least right now, maybe in the future it will happen, I would never say something like, I'm awakened. I'm sure what Rigpa is. That's why I'm sitting here. Yeah? So, there is that kind of healthy doubt, and I, th I think it's a good thing. But on the other hand, what is equally important for me is to encourage others also in the confidence, yes, this is it. It's, it's paradox. Yeah. So I, on one hand, there is a light kind of, no, this is not, but... I think for us, it's also important to be confirmed. And that's what, for example, Peter, Peter Fenner did with me. He confirmed, this is it. Rest. Yeah. So both. With maybe 80% confirmed, 20%. Is this this? How can I know? Am I completely confused? Am I just faking? Do I mislead people? I mean, this is even more urgent, that kind of, when you share. There seems to be people for whom the, for whom the, the awake awareness is so self-confirming and self-validating that they dare to say, I am awake. Yeah, maybe we, get, we are getting there. Let's, let me know. <laughs> yeah. If you can like, really... And for me, if that would happen with you, I would be so happy. I wouldn't think, oh... Now he got more than me or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I mean, this is this would be, for me, the mo if that would happen with anyone who listens to my teaching, wow, 
Because one of the most beautiful, fantastic, wonderful thing which you can experience in your life is to witness the awakening of another person. Because it is the awakening of yourself. So at one point it's kind of, oh, is he more awake than me or something like that? Or is he further on the path or something like that? Completely disappears because an awakening which happens in another person. And, and I, I talk with people who, from my perspective, I even have problems to use the word awake. Yeah, but, but from my perspective, experience what I'm talking about much deeper, much completer, much purer than I do. And for me, this is the most beautiful thing. Of course, then I wonder why are they talking with me. But, but uh, uh, it's beautiful for me. I, I, I talk with people who pay me for talking with them, and I'm the receiver. I'm the one who is blessed. So I just read the first, the second verse. I don't I don't remember if I uh, have I have you gone into it. I, I don't remember. But anyway, what is it like when a poor man has a priceless treasure in his home but doesn't know it? Yeah. So this is us. We have a priceless treasure at home, and there's. You know, this myth you find in many traditions, also in the Buddhist tradition, the journey of the hero, the hero who goes into the world to find the Holy Grail. That's us. We go into the world to find the Holy Grail, first in reputation, good experiences, and so on and so on. Then we get enchanted with that, and then we turn to the spiritual path, and we do the same thing there, until we come to this text. Because this text says, oh, yeah, just go home. Just go home. The treasure is under your, is in your garden. Yeah. But because because we don't know, we remain poor. He remains poor. You remain entangled in a net of unaware thinking. You remain entangled in a net of un unaware thinking. So this is this what I described in the beginning tonight, that we get entangled in the appearances in the mirror. We make that our home address. We make this body our home address. We make this personality our home address. We make these feelings, these thoughts, we make that our home address. We, we live there. We inhabit that place. We identify. So that is meant with 
you remain entangled in a net of unaware thinking. How heartbreaking your beings, benighted in samsara, how, how heartbreaking you beings, benighted, which means something like imprisoned, imprisoned in samsara. So this is the moment, this is the moment where some, something which um, in the Tibetan tradition is called great compassion. So there is that compassion which comes from I, there's a me here, and there's suffering there, and it's real, and I have compassion with it, and I want to relieve that real suffering. There's a real person here, there's a real person there, and this person has real suffering, and I have compassion with that person. And I wish that person to be happy. So that's first level of, co of compassion. So great compassion here, and Shandakirti describes this three, this deepening of compassion. So arises when we start to see that you yourself, but everyone else also suffers because of a mistake. Suffers, suffers suffering which is not necessary. Suffers suffering which is unreal. So not only they suffer, you also see oh, It's not necessary. It's not necessary that I and others suffer. That's called great compassion. And it is connected with what I tried to talk about before the break, this kind of paradox that more you start to realize, see, experience. Not, so there's a difference to kind of say, oh, this is just like a dream, and kind of to try to overlay, overlay the appearance you have, the experience you have with some cognitive uh, restructuring. So you put another label, you say, oh, this is just, this is just like a dream. It's different to actually see It is a dream. It is like a dream. So, and paradoxically, that seeing doesn't lead into indifference, but even more love and more capacity to help. <laughs> 